We're not real brothers. We're sports brothers. And this week, we're picking a new Final Four because we were terrible at it the first time. (laughs) Jason Preston, one of the best stories from March Madness is on the show. And plus, you don't want none of that Brian Scalabrini smoke. Let's go. This is Sports Brothers, coming to your ear holes and eye holes from the Parish Healthcare Podcast Studio. Hey everyone, welcome to the March 24th edition of Sports Brothers. I'm Joe Kepner. I have avocados on my socks. Who are you? I'm Christian Bruin. I got toilet paper on mine. Oh, hey, I didn't even notice. Those are good socks. I like those. All right, so this is Sports Brothers. We're going to get into an interview with Jason Preston later in the show, the point guard from the... uh, not the Ohio University. They are. They went yes. further than the Ohio State University, <laughs> yes. so it's either the Oral Roberts or the Ohio University. Yep, Bobcats. They're, they're, uh, they were a Cinderella, made it to the second round of the tournament, thanks in large part to Jason Preston. He's been incredible this year. He went to high school right down the street from our station in Orlando, so we're going to talk to him about his incredible journey to where he is now, and we're going to try and get him to declare – if he's going to the NBA or coming back to his uh, senior season at Ohio. And the nickname. And the nickname. We, we gave him a new nickname, and I think it's going to stick. So you, you, you <laughs> want to hear that. All right, so Look, start with Sports Brothers of the Week. Let's go. Who All you right. got? I'm going to start with Brian Scalabrini. Talked about him in the intro. He uh, was at some camp or something. I, I didn't do enough I think research some gym, on this. I or think. Gym. Some high school kid decided he was going to try Brian Scalabrini. Yeah. And of course, the guy, the white mamba, that's what they called him. <laughs> of course, a high school kid would want to challenge him because he looks like the guy Hollywood would cast to play the uncoordinated white guy in an NBA movie. And of course, he would then dominate that high school kid because he played 11 years in the NBA. NBA. Yeah. He's not some scrub. I know he never averaged more than like six points per game, but he was in the NBA for 11 years. Of course he's going to smoke you. And of course he does it by like never jumping higher than five inches because he's old now. And it's just like all dominating fundamentals yes. and just like overpowering this like pretty tall kid, but still a kid. Yeah. I guess, you know, delusions of grandeur when you're a high school kid and you think you're pretty yeah. good at basketball. But yeah, 11 years in the NBA. He didn't stick around, like you said, just because he was the white mamba and he was this sticky guy who would come yeah. off the bench for the Celtics when the crowd would stand and cheer and hope that he would come on <laughs> late in games when it was a blowout. Uh, but also for you, this this feels like a really just good podcast for you. You got Jason Preston, who's a redhead. They call him Big Red. And now Scalabrini as a sports brother of the week. There's been never been so much ginger in one podcast. We're having a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Redheads are having a moment. Yeah, just it's a great video if you can find it online. Scalabrini just schools him. And that made me think about like, would I ever be stupid enough if, you know, you're at the RDV complex where the Magic used to train. I know Nick Anderson and Bo Outlaw, I think, still yeah. go there and work out. Like, Bo Outlaw would still own us, right? Nick Anderson would still own us. I, I can't imagine, like... Unless they get... Until they get to, like, 70 is when you may have a chance. And even then, I'm not sure because I'm still... I'm pretty short, right? Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm 5'11", so these guys would... As long as they could still dribble the ball and just back, back me down, down yep. there, there's nothing I'd be able to do about it. So, yeah, I don't know. I've, all, I've often wondered, like, that question, how old would Michael Jordan need to be for you to beat him in basketball? And 
The obvious answer is dead. He'd have to be dead. <laughs> that is the, and even Brian Scalabrini, yes. the answer might be dead. Yes, exactly. All right, I'll go next. And I, I got Cameron Crutwig, another kind of big fella, similar to Scalabrini, the Loyola of Chicago big man, had an incredible game against Illinois. I don't know if it was a coming out party for him. I think a lot of people, if you follow college basketball closely, Loyola of Chicago, pretty good team. Obviously, they had the incredible run back in 2018. But because he had that moment, on this, the biggest stage against Illinois and against their big man. But he also looks extremely similar to Farva from Super Troopers. <laughs> and it, it led to just some amazing memes on Twitter asking, who, what does it look like Cameron Crutwig does for a living? I think one of the best answers was he works a night shift at a Whataburger. <laughs> um, but someone also asked, has anyone ever seen Cameron Crutwig and Rod Farva in the same room? Answer me that, have they? I don't want a large cola. I want a goddamn <laughs> liter of cola. Yeah. No. And now I need Crutwig to show up to their Sweet 16 game against Oregon State in a Super Trooper uniform. Yes, yes. Please, also, Cameron. I, just do it. I know Big Cat from Pardon My Take is not embracing this. I really think he should. That they don't they don't really look alike, but they're both two fat guys with mustaches. Embrace it. Hey. You guys are basically twins. Cameron Crutwig is not fat. He is just built True, right. like Big a guys. barrel. Fat guys was the wrong word. I apologize. <laughs> Big guys is, I yeah, probably what I should have gone with there. All right, my next sports brother of the week is Tim Pill, NHL ref, and I'm giving it to him for his honesty. We need more honesty in sports. The NHL has banned him forever. He was going to retire later this year, though, so not a big deal. Uh, after saying on a hot mic that he wanted to give the Nashville Predators a penalty early in the game, and he did, I, there was some tripping call that uh, I guess the, the replay showed that the guy kind of flopped, gave him the call anyway. So the NHL said, you know, we need to keep up the integrity of our game, and <laughs> the NF NHL, that's ridiculous. He didn't get in trouble for the call. He got in trouble because he got caught on the hot mic saying he would do the call. You don't care about the integrity of I mean, they care, but not as much as the illusion of the integrity of it, right? Like, he would not have been punished if that hadn't happened, even though the call would have been the same and everything else would have been the same. And, like, we all know, I mean, refs are human. We know they yes. do this. We know that they occasionally do calls because they're angry at a guy or upset or they just make mistakes and don't really, I, I don't know. I, I, I have more of a problem with the NHL banning him for the rest of his life than I do with him making that call and just being honest that, like, he wanted to give a call. But I also think, did he just know? He obviously knew he was on a mic, right? I mean, I guess, you know, take away a point or two for being dumb. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and maybe this was just his way of getting out. But I will say yeah. that the mic'd up ref videos of the NHL is the best mic'd up of any sport just because the cursing and their ability to curse at the refs is just allowed. They just yeah. okay it. Like the players are allowed to go, you know, there's a line. They know there's a line, but they get away with a lot more than maybe baseball players and NFL and NBA players do. And it's, it's great theater. I guess if, if I'm the NHL, what am I worried though? That like fans are going to think that the refs are biased. Like, they're not supposed to be. <laughs> but everybody accuses them of that every I, game anyway. The issue is I think that you couldn't have him on a game anymore and not have fans wondering when he makes a call or does not make a call whether or not 
he had something in play there. I think the lesson learned here between Tim Peel and Tim Donahue, <laughs> you do not hire referees or do not trust referees named Tim. Yeah. All right. Timothy. No Timothys. <laughs> All right, so he's out. Tim Peel's out. And also, how about the way that Travis Clark went out? You may not know him. I don't know if he should be a sports brother of the week, but I just <laughs> have to give him a nod for just the way that he went out as a priest in Louisiana. He was arrested for having a threesome on the altar of his church with a pair of dominatrices. Did you know that's what it was as, as a plural? As dominatrix? A, as a math nerd that I knew that matrix... Plural was matrices, matrices, so I don't know if I would have known that, but it, it makes sense to me. All right, so I think everyone always has these grandiose plans of how they'd quit. You know, if it was your <laughs> last day and you knew you were going out, maybe Tim Peel. Yeah. But Or if you were going to, you won the lotto, and it's like, all right, one more day of work, but I'm going to go on TV and say something crazy. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, this dude took it to another level. As I said, he got yep. these two women to not only have a threesome on the altar, but they filmed the whole thing with a mm -hmm. multi-camera setup, a yep. light kit. They went next level, did it on the altar of the church, completely visible to anyone walking by if they looked through the windows, which someone did, <laughs> and that's the reason they were caught, and they've been arrested and charged with something or another, and he's also been fired. So maybe not a sports brother of the week, but an OnlyFans brother of the week, probably. Sure. Right? Patreon brother of the week. Patreon brother of the week, yeah. I, I mean, I look... Uh, as far as like church sex scandals go, it's not the worst You're one. Right. You're right. So, uh, I, I mean, at least it was consenting adults. We'll go, I'll go with that and probably stop talking there. Does dominatrices need a better name for a group of them, like the Murder of Crows <laughs> or a Tower of Giraffes? We should brainstorm that and come up with better names for a group of dominatrices. I th said a whip. A whip. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? Yeah, I do. All I right. do. A gag. A gag of dominatrices. <laughs> Those both work. Yeah. All, All right. right. Okay. Stop there. How about we need to talk about this? Yeah. Should they reseed the NCAA tournament? I, I don't think they should because some of the fun is seeing these matchups that you wouldn't normally ever get to see and... You, you put them on these paths and, and you look at the bracket and you hope like, wow, I hope I get to see that team against this team. And I think reseeding it would kind of take some of that away. Just the fact, though, that Houston, you look at Houston's side of the bracket and yeah. what do they have left? They have Syracuse, Loyola of Chicago. And, and Oregon State. I mean, but that's I, what Gonzaga should have left if, I know if a team is going to have something left. But I honestly, I look at that and the way those teams have played in this tournament, True. I think maybe that's not as easy as we're given. Like, Syracuse is a legitimate threat right now because it seems like they figured out how to make that zone work again. And Buddy Beheim's hitting everything. Yeah, right. And Oregon State is in the Pac-12, and they're nearly undefeated. They have one loss in the tournament so far, and they've all played well, all the Pac-12 teams. And then Loyola Chicago clearly should not have been an eight seed. They probably should have been a two or a three. Um, so, no, I, I guess I'm fine with just leaving it as is. and Because otherwise you're punishing a team for something that's completely out of their control anyway. True. Yeah. All right. So, it's not happening. It was just an interesting conversation they had on Pardon My Take uh, the other day. And I thought it was something that I'd bring up to you to see what you thought. Yeah. What do you think? I think it would be fairer to the top teams. But once again, do we truly know that Gonzaga... Yeah, they're undefeated. It, it's easy to say they're the number one overall seed, but should we just automatically give them a chance to play the new 16 seed because of they play in an easier conference, you know? Yeah, I, it's 
I could see where you could then reseed it and make for some pretty compelling matchups. You would, that, without a doubt. I, I get that argument, but I think I'm fine with just leaving it as is. Um, another we need to talk about this that I'm just going to throw at you last second here <laughs> is I saw an NCAA executive or official communications guy uh, tweeted that in their record books, they only consider it an upset if the teams are separated by five seeds. Mm-hmm. So that would mean that a 10 over a 7 isn't an upset, which I think most people are kind of okay with that. But, any, but an 11 over a 7 still feels... Yeah, but or, or like... I mean, five, I know that wouldn't be a first round, but yeah, maybe but somewhere. Yeah, but like a 5 over a 1 in the second round, you, you could get that. And I think everybody would consider that an upset, right? Yes. That's kind of ridiculous to place that high of a standard on it. Yeah, the four, I think 4 would feel better. Yeah. But for it to be 5, it, it does seem... A bit much. Yeah, I, I just that struck me as as a little bit irrational and kind of nonsense that like because if you think about it, if, if you're a five seed, you're basically saying you're one of the teams that is like ranked seventeen through twenty, right? And if you're a one seed, you're like one of the teams that's ranked one through four. Top five, yeah. So a twenty over a one wouldn't be an upset. Yeah, ridiculous. No, you're right. All right. And um, do we want to get to Jason now? I, I think it's probably a good place. Yeah, for him, and we'll come out. And it. since we were talking about the NCAA tournament reseeding that, we're gonna repick our final four. Since Joe and I, in our group bracket that we're a part of, each have one team left <laughs> yeah. out of the final four, and we may not be the only ones. There's a lot Look, of people whose brackets are busted. Everybody is crapping on the committee for the way they seeded this tournament because there's been so many upsets. I, I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but. It's the it's, highest total number yeah. if you added the seeds in a Sweet 16 ever. And some of those upsets have been blowouts. The lower-seeded teams have been beating the higher seeds by double digits in a lot of these games. And and so it's easy to kind of crap on the, the committee, but I think what we're also all admitting is that none of us know anything about college basketball, at least this year, True. in a year where you know the pandemic and blah, 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 all that stuff. Well, so one of the big upsets early on was Ohio over Virginia. The 13 beat the 4. That will go down in the record books as an upset, no doubt about that. But the leader of that team, Jason Preston, Joe kind of previewed it a little bit, went to Boone High School down the street, scored 52 total points in his career at Boone. Incredible story of how he went from there, enrolled at UCF as a journalism student, then decided, you know what, I still want to chase this dream of basketball. AAU tournament leads to prep school in Tennessee, leads to an offer from Ohio, and now people are discussing whether or not he may go to the NBA a year early or come back. We discussed all of that with Jason. Great to chat with him. and uh, Man, what a fun player to watch as well. When you watch him play, I feel like I'm going to be watching Mac basketball next year if he does <laughs> decide to come back. Yeah, yeah, screw Mac football. Mac yeah, basketball, <laughs> baby. Maction. Yeah. All right, here's Jason. I'll start with this. How much have you just enjoyed this this last little run, the run in the MAC tournament, and then obviously the big upset of Virginia? You know, I was just scrolling through Twitter and seeing the streets of Athens, Ohio, after that win. Just how much fun has it really been to to go on this ride that you've been on? It's been amazing. It's been amazing, especially to, to see that, see the court street. <laughs> I mean, it really hasn't been like that in a while, and you know, just see everybody happy. You know, there's a lot of people that were on this journey that thrived off it. And I'm like, glad they got to experience like our video coordinator is leaving next year. And I'm so happy he got memories that he can have for the rest of his life. Um, one of our walk-ons, Michael Brown, you know, uh, he thrived off the opportunity and his, and his TikTok, you know, his TikTok page is blowing up. So <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful people could uh, make the most of, of what happened. 
All right, so I don't know if you want to break some news on here. Do we know yet, or what are we thinking as far as going pro or coming back for your senior year? Uh, you know, I, 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 got a, I got a meeting later on this week with my coach. Uh, I'll talk it over with my family. We, you know, we'll wear our options, and we'll see that. I'm fascinated by the story because it is such a great story, but I guess you're, you're kind of at another crossroads in your life where you do have a big decision to make. And I know we, we, you said you're going to talk with your family, have a meeting with your coaches, but for you, like what goes into that decision? How do you process all the information and figure out what's the best path for you right now? Uh, you know, you can't only think about just the present, but the future, you know, what could be best for me, best for my family. Um, it's a lot of factors going into it. Um, and, I mean, we're going to hopefully get some feedback, and, we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. So, All right. <laughs> look, I'm just going to pencil you in as going pro, and you just let us know if that, if that changes, okay? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, so, so going back to this decision to, to try basketball again and pursue that life again and, and not give up on that dream, what was inside you in that moment that told you that that was the right decision? Because that, that had to have still been a little bit scary, I think, to, to say, like, I'm, just, I'm not ready to give up on this yet. Um, you know, my... Because growing up, I, I always, I always, I always thought I could. You know, there's a lot of people who tell me, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can go somewhere D three, maybe you can walk onto a D two spot, maybe you can do this. I kind of just wanted to, like, you know, not only prove people wrong, but I, I really believed in myself. You know, I'd playing these open gyms, like places like LA Fitness and local community centers. I'd be playing pretty good, like not, not the stuff I was doing in high school. I'm like, I, I can do this. I can do this. I just. I just feel like I really needed an opportunity. And, you know, once I played really well in that, that AU tournament, it kind of just, like, you know, everything back. Like, yeah, I, I can do this. So back in high school at Boone, why why weren't you more of, a, of an impact presence at Boone? Was it just you hadn't grown into yourself yet? Or and Boone had a really good team while you guys were there. Were you just kind of stacked behind some guys and waiting your turn? Or what, what, what happened there? Yeah, we did have a really good team. And it was really fun, you know, those those. Guys on my team, it was still my brothers today. Um, but, you know, Coach Morrison was my coach all four years I was in high school. So when I was a freshman and a sophomore, I was on JV, and he was the JV coach. And then my junior and senior year, he was the varsity coach. And my role for freshman and sophomore year, I was really just a shooter. I was a, I was a small, skinny kid uh, who really just, like, you know, uh, would ran plays coming off screens and shooting, shooting like, not really making and stuff and so you know I like to make like a lot of jump passes uh, my game kind of get a little crazy at times and not every co- not every coach is going to be in full support for that and I mean hey we were we were one game away from going to state so I guess he still did a pretty good job the highlight reel you sent out after your time at the prep school it seemed to be like coach porn because you start all assists. You're a smart man, it seems. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I uh, you know, going into it like growing up uh, as a basketball player, I know there's like a million kids trying to do, trying to play at the next level. So you got to you got to separate yourself. A lot of people, you know, like to score and put the ball in the basket. So um, I know coaches like to see, you know getting teammates involved. So I thought that's something uh, a coach could see and that it would differentiate myself from other people. 
Yeah, I, I don't think we need to rehash all of it because your story's everywhere now. I mean, everybody's writing <laughs> about the path that you took to the NBA or to the to college basketball. My question is, do you have advice for other kids out there? Should they try to take the same path of like blogging and then you know blogging for free and then like putting their highlight reel on Twitter and and hoping a coach sees it? Is that a successful path for everybody now? Oh um, yeah, man, the the best advice I would say is that. You're given an all you can ask from life is opportunity. You're given an opportunity to try out somewhere. You're given an opportunity to play a couple more minutes this game. Um, make the most of it and have fun. Um, and also, yet yeah, most importantly, have fun in everything you're doing. You know, my whole time here, uh, Coach Bowles has been here. It's just it's been so fun every single day with practice, games, everything. Uh, prep school, I had really close friends. It was, it was really fun. You know, uh, you want to enjoy these, these moments in your life. Get a little more serious here. Of course, your mom passed away, Judith, your junior year of high school. You credit her for putting a basketball in your hands. Was she a player or was she just someone that was passionate about the game? Tell me a little bit more about her and how she got you into basketball. Yeah, growing up, she was always watching basketball, like watching playoff games and uh, games on national television. Also, she'd always bring me to the park, and I would there'd be these pickup games, and I would just be the kid. You know, when the games finished, I'm shooting around. Hopefully, hopefully these guys can recognize me. I was too scared to say anything at the time <laughs> to, these, to these bigger guys. Like I want to play, but I would just shoot around. But uh, you know, I'm a big guy. I'm watching film now. Like, I, I watch a lot of film on players and pick up tendencies and ways I can get better you know, after like bad games and even good games to realize what I to have to keep doing and I really credit her for doing that because uh, we had a hoop when I was really really young around the house and I was always playing always playing it's a time you to watch you need to watch what these guys do to get better and that that has really you know, carried with me to so you said she watched a lot of like NBA games. Is that what she was watching mostly? Did she have a favorite team? And is that your favorite team now? She loved, So my favorite team growing up in all my life was the Pistons. And that's like the first team back in 04, 05. And they were, you know, Chauncey Billups, Richard Hamilton, Tayshaun Prince, mm-hmm. she Wallace, Ben Wallace, all of them. Uh, she would always watch them. And I just, ever since then, been a Pistons fan my whole life, you know, best blog for them. Um, she also loved the Spurs, uh, their ball movement. She loved Tony Parker and his, his floaters. So do you kind of fashion your game out, out of, after Chauncey, Tony? Kind of, Where do you see your game in, in all of that? It seems like you're, you're maybe a little bigger than all those guys. No, Tony Parker had a great floater. That's something that I've developed over the years, a floater game. It's a great shot. She would, she would always talk about just how his ability to get into the pain and just not get all the way to the rim, but just stop and, and throw a shot. And that's something I've I've found out how important to have that shot as well. Follow up on that is you mentioned that you know you still speak to your mom, and as uh, my wife lost her father, and I know that she still speaks to him at times. I just wonder if you're willing to. What are those conversations like? And did you have one after you upset Virginia? I know on national television you you said you hoped that uh, she was proud, and I'm certainly sure she was. Yeah, it's kind of just like like wow, like, you know, we're doing this. 
we're here. I'd always tell her about my dreams, you know, eventually playing basketball at the highest level. And, like, it's just uh, asking for, for guidance as well in this journey. And, you know, I said, just hope that she's proud. So whether it happens this year or you come back to Ohio for your senior season and try to go pro the next year, is there an NBA team that if they drafted you, you'd just be like, no thanks, I'm just going to go back to blogging. Thanks anyway. Um, any, 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 any team that I would play for. <laughs> yeah. it, it, the Pistons, I would imagine, could use your help right now, though. Yeah. <laughs> Or the magic. Yeah. <laughs> you can come home if you wanted to. Oh man, the magic. That'd be awesome. Is there um so so the nickname, we saw that I've seen that in some of the articles, Big Red. Do do you like that nickname? That's that's, that's what my best friend Kobe would joke around and call me. Uh not a lot of people really call me that. Uh I don't know. We probably got to get a different nickname. Okay. Well, that's what we, we were hoping for. We're glad you said that because we've been putting some thought into it, and we've got some some options here for you. You tell us which ones you like the most. I I appreciate as a fellow redhead. I know it's hard to tell on <laughs> Zoom, but that that you've embraced your redheadedness and 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 go with that. So one of mine, I think, if you get like really good at taking charges, you could be the copper flopper. <laughs> the copper <laughs> flopper, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But people don't like flops, and the, he could get fined like the, in that for that's the NBA. True. But it rhymes. So. It does rhyme, yeah. so that's all right. <laughs> what about I? I I know you're in sports management now. Is that the major now? Yes. Are you ever going to get back to writing? Um, I mean, basketball is obviously the focus now, so I guess uh, you could say no. Probably not. You know, uh, being a scout is another job. I'd, Okay. I saw just, I know that, I feel like the blogger thing is in every article. I think like the professor with, you know, the N1 mixtape tours, I think yeah. Jason, the journalist, Preston, I like the, that. the alliteration, I think for me hits, and he's also just a badass basketball player and the journalist, I guess it gives yeah. a little bit more. I like it. Okay. How about, uh, I, I'm, I'm stuck on the redhead thing, the raspberry assassin. <laughs> you gotta laugh. Ah. That's probably my favorite one so far. All right, all right. I'm sticking with that because I can't, I can't beat that. So maybe okay. we'll go with raspberry. We'll, we'll see if we can get that one to stick. So, do you have a bracket, and who's in your final four? Final four. Uh, I didn't make a bracket this year, and it's crazy because normally I make like hundred brackets. <laughs> like I make, I make so many brackets because. You can win like a million dollars. So. <laughs> I, I, I normally always make a lot, a lot of brackets. Um, but uh, probably Gonzaga, uh, Baylor, Alabama. Okay. And I forget who the other that that other one. That's the tough region now because you've got like Houston, then you got the eleven seed Syracuse, um, Loyola Chicago, and who are they playing in the next round? I just the, the thirteen. I just Syrac had it. you said Syracuse. Syracuse, but we should have on, had the bracket on. up. This is bad radio. I know. Yeah, yeah I gotta, I gotta look at the bracket. Hold <laughs> yeah. on, hold on. I got it right here. Oh yeah, uh, Oregon State. That's right. So you you can pick from those four for the other Final Four spot: Houston, Cuse, Loyola, Chicago, or Oregon State. <laughs> you got to go with one of the other Cinderellas. You were one of the Cinderellas yeah. yourself, right? It's Houston. Houston's a really good team, but that zone could that zone could mess with them. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like Houston's a 
a good team. That zone messes with everybody. And then whoever wins that one, and then Loyola Chicago is also really great. Loyola Chicago is going to win their game. Uh, <laughs> I love this. So much thought. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to go Loyola Chicago. All right. Oh, all right. Sister Jean, back to the Final Four for the second time. And what would that be? Like four years? Well, Just, yeah, three tournaments, four yeah, years. Yeah, three tournaments, yeah. four years. Yeah. I, I guess I, my one final question for you is, what's this year been like? Uh, of course, you know, everyone's had shutdowns and going through COVID and that season. How tough has that been? And what was it like for you? It's been a roller coaster year. <laughs> um, so I missed a couple games this year due to a hamstring injury. We had a COVID pause. You know, obviously we had the great start to the year, um, playing with noise, building confidence off that. But then we just had a couple pauses. Uh, we had um, guy Lennon McDay, one of our starters. He came back like like our our game was on Wednesday, I think, and he was back from his COVID pause on Tuesday. Wow! He came back. It was just it was just so fun. Uh, up and down season, and I'm glad it. I'm glad we 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 got to where we got to. You know, um, winning the MAC championship has always been a goal of mine in my time here, and I'm happy we could have done that. Yeah, and then you also have the unique experience of playing in that bubble for the NCAA tournament. That may be something we never see again. Do you have any like crazy stories or anything weird that happened in the bubble, or something that you're just always going to remember from being in that bubble in Indianapolis? You know, it's weird seeing like all the other teams in, in the hotel. Like you're going to practice and you're seeing all these other teams <laughs> walking by. And it, like, it, it was weird being in just one big bubble. Like, it, like it felt like kind of like the NBA bubble. But, you know, we didn't get to, we didn't get to have any roommates this trip. Uh, and I really like having, my roommates them like Ben Vanderbosch yeah. we talked about. So what do you do? But still, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, were you guys just bored all the time? You just sit in your room unless you were practicing? Uh, basically, um, watched college games, did homework, watched film. Mm. We had some extra shoot-around times, uh, some lifting times. But other than that, yeah, it was, it was mainly just in the room. Did you at least like get to take your PlayStation or something and have something to do that way? Oh. I should have I brought it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, I did not. Jason, we appreciate the time and um, the Raspberry Assassin. We'll see if we can get it to stick down here. I don't know if it'll work up in Athens, but uh, whatever you choose, we're excited to see what the future holds, whether it's with the Bobcats again next year or or maybe with the Orlando Magic next season. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. So there it is. Thanks to Jason for coming on. The Raspberry Assassin. <laughs> Put it on all your tweets. Hashtag it. We're going to make it happen. I don't care if he goes to the NBA or he goes back to Ohio. Let's see if we can make that happen. I like it. I like it. Well, of course I like it. I came up with it. So, <laughs> Did you have right. any other redhead ones? Or is that I tried so hard. I was looking at like these charts of different you know, terms for red, different shades yeah. for red. And, you know, it, it was hard to find rhymes with like basketball words or, or alliteration with basketball words on some of those. So I don't know. Yeah. All right. So let's do our revised final four picks for another Degenerate Brothers segment. And uh, so my four that I had were Gonzaga, Texas, Illinois, and Ohio State. Uh-huh. Uh Obviously, all three of those, uh, three of those four outside of Gonzaga are out, and two of those three lost on the opening day, Texas and Ohio State. So, yeah, well, uh, that uh, was great. The first thirty-three games, you lost three of your first of your final four in yeah. the first thirty-three games. You loser! <laughs> I, I had the exact same final four. 
And your champion was out. And my champion. I at least I had, still have yes, my champion. Yes, I had Illinois winning the whole thing. So also a loser. <laughs> Let's repick. I'm going to stick with Gonzaga since you got to stay with the one that, that you still have there. Yeah. I'll go with Baylor, Alabama, and Houston with Gonzaga beating Baylor to win it all. All right. I'm going to just throw everything out the window um, because of the way this tournament's gone so far. And I'm going to go with USC. They impressed me the way they played against Kansas in their last game. I think they have a legitimate shot at upsetting Gonzaga, assuming they get through the round that they're currently in. Um, and then Baylor, Michigan, Syracuse are Ooh. going to be my final four. And I'm going to take Baylor over Michigan because, you know, the I one still, seeds. The one seeds, yeah. Exactly. You got to go there. Because <laughs> right. it always ends up there in the end anyway. All right. Well, we'll see how that but, works out. We could is, actually end up just even worse. But this is a product of, like, I'm a victim of my broken sports brain where like the thing I most recently saw that impressed yes. me is what's going to influence how I how I pick these things now especially in a tournament like this and so like these are probably all terrible picks but just because I saw USC, USC play well thump Kansas Syracuse played well I'm I'm riding it let's go that's that's how Vegas makes all their money yes yes off of chumps like me yep all right let's get to our dad jokes and uh, then we'll wrap this baby up all right, go for it. All right, scientist, uh, did you hear about this? Just discovered a fossilized dinosaur fart. <laughs> okay. They are calling it a blast from the past. Nice. What do you call a Knicks player with a championship ring? What? A senior citizen. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What do you call a dozen millionaires watching the playoffs on TV? The Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, it's an old joke, but still, you give it's this is a list written by whoever just picking in, on some in, of the worst teams in, in the league in the early 2000s. In the early 2000s, yeah. What do Bulls fans do after Chicago wins the championship? What? Rewind the VHS tape. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Good. All right. Well, thanks for listening and thanks again to Jason Preston for coming on the podcast. Subscribe, rate, review and um hopefully we'll see you next week. What does a Cavs fan do when his team wins the NBA Finals? Thanks, LeBron. Turns off the Xbox One. Yeah. All right. Well, they got one, though. <laughs> they did get the one. <laughs> Thanks, right. LeBron. I really am done this time. See ya. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.